0: I guess it's broken. okay <laughs> it. Sorry, Steve. Welcome Whoa, another to another episode of Best of Five. Oh, this one's going to be a good one. My name is Elon. I fell asleep right before this. And now I'm awake. You. I promise. We love
1: you, Elon. We love you.
0: That makes one of us.
1: <laughs>
0: Anywho, welcome to another episode of Best of Five.
1: Virtual hug. Anywho. <laughs> <laughs> just ignored like that okay (laughs) i see how it
0: is no love for me you see this baymax blanket i've been having issues staying warm because i got my booster shot over the weekend so go get it all right welcome to another episode of best of five my name is elon i'm joined here by the amazing co-hosts slash panelists slash amazing human beings that put up with my steve ace king offsuit jurek steve how's it going
1: uh it's going okay somewhat kind of sort of
0: nice that's a lot better than the scale of one to ten it's going and (laughs) the amazingly talented grappler hating content creating the purple sharpie
2: eat the rich everybody eat the rich
0: eat the rich for sure tonight on the show we're going to talk about the first smash tournament that was part of the smash uh championship series had an unfortunate uh underdog mechanic on it that was uh not good for the tournament we're going to talk a little bit about that we're going to talk about it, it was it was beta weekend it was beta weekend everybody was playing betas it's crazy uh are i for one Welcome our new overlord, Hado as Evo's GM. And we're going to talk about some new trailers. So I'm excited for this show. We got a lot to talk about. But before we get to all that, Steve?
1: Is it recap time?
0: Hit us with the recap, will you? All
1: right, let's start with the the Smash World Tour Championship. This was the $150,000 event at the end of the first ever... Large scale smash circuit. Mm-hmm. And it on the melee side of things, it was won by Plup, who held off Wizrobe in the grand final. Polish rounding out the podium, but you have Triff coming over from Spain to make top four. Amsa and Hungrybox finishing tied for fifth. Face Roll and Pipsqueak rounding out the top eight on the ultimate side of things a familiar name up top mk leo continuing his dominance over ultimate he is your smash world tour champion taking home the $20,000 first prize cosmos is the runner up spargo mexico's other incredibly strong ultimate player rounding out the podium there uh, let's kick it over to, to Capcom Pro Tour, because we had the last event of 2021 this past weekend. The Steve, second. Quick, I'm
0: sorry. Uh, just want okay. to do one clear clarification. Uh, the one mistake of the show has happened. Uh, it's liquid cola, not liquid the buzz there. Just wanted to point out there. Uh, just the one typo, just so nobody gets upset. I was debating on whether to call that out or not, but in the interest of no ev- people getting upset at us, I think it's better for us to call that out. I apologize. The buzz is also liquid. Or I'm sorry, not liquid. What was I thinking? The other one, the other one is liquid, moist. Thank you. Anyway, never so, mind. I'm wrong. So forget everything I said. Uh, I'm ruining the show, and we're going to talk about Capcom UK, Capcom Cup UK. Uh, we, lo- Elon, you're you're not ruining the show. You are too awesome. late.
1: It's happened. No, it is not. It is not too late. We love you a lot. <laughs> this
0: is this is now an
1: intervention. We oh, love no. you.
0: Eh, we'll stop it. Find better things to do. Like give us the recap, will you?
1: I will give the recap, but but that is not a better thing than letting you know how we feel about you. Eh. Uh, Capcom <laughs> Co- Pro Tour UK. Um, it was another grand final appearance for Problem X. And another time he ends up falling one place short of Capcom Cup qualification. This time it is infectious who denied him. The JPEG is going to Capcom Cup, uh, holding off Problem X. One step layered, finishing third. And in fourth place, watch out for this guy, Ending Walker. He is 15 years old. You are probably going to be seeing him for a long time in these UK and European events. He is going to be a problem.
0: That's exciting. um Yeah.
1: Let's keep it on Street Fighter because we had another week of Street Fighter League action. Um, starting things off with Vodafone Giants and Panda Global. This was a critical matchup. They entered the week tied at 3-3. Three and three. Vodafone getting the 3-1 win off the back of Mr. Crimson, pulling off a couple of victories over Jay Wong and Punk to move his team up to second place in the standings. Uh, In the other match, Nasser Esports continued their run of dominance. Seventh straight win, a 3-1 victory over UYU. UYU remains in the basement. Nasser. Remains on top and they have clinched the first playoff spot. They will clinch the number one seed overall if they win one of their final two games or Vodafone and Peach or Vodafone and Nordivend each lose one of their remaining games.
0: Mm. Interesting. So you could say the Vodafone Giants, Giants, losing again to Panda Global. You could say that. It's written I on won't the, say it's written that, but Did I... <laughs> this is three... <laughs> Steve has proven. Steve it's is because pro- I
1: always put their match in the first spot, <laughs> so I figure, okay, I could just save a little time I don't have to retype it.
0: Look, oh, I, I, I say this with all the love and respect because I you do a great service for the show, but I do think it's hilarious that you're 3-0 and on the spelling matchup against the Giants. Here I'm 7-3. I am
2: 7-3. It was close, though. It was close.
1: Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know what wasn't close?
0: What wasn't close, I Steve?
1: I don't know. Uh, Fenrich. Oh, no. Steve could wa- one-liner. He was on another level this weekend. Uh, the DBFZ Japan Regional Final. Fenrich dominant in once they got to top 8 he is your champion oblivion hero hero and ekoan rounding out the top 4 but there's a familiar name not in that top 4 goichi finishing tied for 5th not qualifying for the world championship he made it under top eight through pool play on the winner's side, but got 003 by Hero hero and Fenrich back to back. It was so it's going to be weird to not see him in the global championship. Mm-hmm. But we do have a pretty stellar lineup because all 16 finalists have now been confirmed, all 16 qualifiers. Uh, we can look over the list right here. Fenrich, Hero, Hero. Uh, like I said, Equon and Oblivion qualifying from Japan. They joined the U.S. and European qualifiers. Uh, the last four were the top finishers in sev- in uh, the other regions of the world. So Raptor, the Australian, the top points earner in Australia. He qualifies. Neku. Getting the top spot in Mexico, Mono Brawl from Brazil, and the Middle East will be represented by Pakistan's Metplex. Mm-hmm. So those 16 players will face off next year for the DBFC World Championship.
0: Man, this is a hell of a list. Yeah,
1: that's, pretty a, that's, exciting, a pretty,
2: that's
0: a pretty nice lineup. Hey, you got Fenrich, you got Shanks from Spain, Wawa. Sonic Fox, I, Zane. I Zane would down? not
1: be. I would not be surprised if we had a French world champion.
0: Do we care I, to place? Sp- Do we care to place pizza bets? By the way, we we pizza bet something last week. What did we pizza bet? I don't remember. We pizza betted the uh, fruit cup.
1: Oh, the, that's right. The fish playing Street Fighter. Do we know who won? And not me, because my pick ended up. Well, fifth out of five so I forget who you picked but it doesn't matter because you won. yes so give you me a will pizza next year'll we'll
0: start we'll start the new year with pizza
1: <laughs> you'll start the new year with pizza
0: uh I'll I'll give you a slice Steve it's okay
2: I would also All like right. a slice of the pizza pie
0: okay well i'll I'm willing to share there's enough pizza to go around it's just f- flour and water and yeast that's and
1: toppings can't forget the toppings unless you're weird
0: um if the pizza's good you don't need toppings steve speaking of not needing toppings tekken, good ass tekken doesn't need toppings
1: that was one hell of a segue i'll, I'll give yeah, you it was. that couple of stop- halfway through but that's all right <laughs> that's <okay. laughs> Go for it. couple of european events this past weekend for the tekken online challenge The West and East European Championships, or Regional Finals, excuse me. On the West side of things, KWIS of the UK is your champion, knocking off Sefi Black in the Grand Final. Sefi Black did reset the Grand Final, but was not able to complete the comeback. Francis Superkuma and Kalak rounding out the top four. On the eastern side of things, it was an all-Russian grand final. Strog getting the win over Bumblebee to win the title. Italy's Gerlanda rounding out the top three. Uh, Poland's Lakomi rounding out the top four. And then we also had a qualifier for Arc Revo America. This was the Mexico qualifier. And it's the top two going to Arc Revo America. That would be Cheeto and Exelancer. They are your first and second place finishers, respectively. Alethea and Mike Saftig rounding out the top four. So we will see Cheeto and Exelancer in Arc Revo America next year. Is Alethea really from Spain? Um, I I believe she is someone who lives, who was born in Spain and is in Mexico for work.
0: Oh, gotcha. Okay, so she's kind of like Ex- Mexico resident. Yeah, kind of like me. Yeah,
1: kind of like uh, what?
2: Ah,
1: uh, 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 Yeah, kind of like you, but not really like you. True. Not at all. Um, but. Uh, we don't have a graphic for what to watch this weekend uh, because Capcom Pro Tour is going dark. Uh, CP uh, St- Street Fighter League, excuse me, is going dark. Uh, the Tekken World Tour does have, or the uh, Tekken Online Challenge does have the Je- the Japanese regional final on Sunday, the twenty sixth. But everything else taking the week off for the holidays. So. Stream if you want, but enjoy your time with your family.
0: For sure. Thank you, Steve, for another fancy, dancy recap.
2: Amazing. I don't know how happened.
0: fancy dancy it was, but it was very <laughs>
2: dancy. <laughs> Elon's really going hard this podcast.
0: Yeah, it's my last one for the year. I got to get it all out before I go away uh, for the rest of the year. Um, Now before we move on to our next topic, I wanted to check in with our chat. I want to do this a little more often, right? Because we have people in the chat. And I feel bad that sometimes we just kind of go through topics and we never talk to people in the chat. But I see Letty Raggin, I see Blue. And I see a couple other people in the chat hanging out. Let me know. What's your favorite tournament this past weekend? Y'all watch some of that Arc Revo Mexico? I see Kwanzai also subscribing. For forty-nine months in a row. Thank you, Kwanzai. Oh yeah. hi. Oh hi, that's, Mark. That's almost. F- no wait, sixty months. That's four. That's over four years. Sixty months is five years. Wow. I. No. Four.
1: Four. Yeah. Kwanzae, six, 49 60, five
0: months. Sixty-five years. Sixty
2: months. Quasi six. You get it.
0: Oh, I get it. I get it. Good job. Thank you. I'll give you a round of applause for that one. Thank you. It's good to have you back on the show, Sharpie.
2: It's always fantastic. <laughs> Very excited to have this follow up my Evo career.
0: Hell yeah. We're trying our best here at Best of Five.
2: <laughs> That's right. our new tagline. Best of Five. We're trying our best at Best trying of Five. Our best. <laughs> trying,
1: trying our best. Trying our best. Trying our
2: best. You don't know what you'll get. It's best of five. With C, Sharpie, and Elon
0: and then we gotta do like the Looney Tunes thing alright anywho <laughs> um my favorite Looney Tunes uh is actually Tom and Jerry and it's pretty great cause Tom uh usually gets the absolute crap beat out of him the entire show so you could say he's the underdog now as far as underdogs go
1: your set game is it's blurs today. It as far as underdogs go,
0: burst. there are a lot of comeback mechanics. A lot of underdog boosts, if you would, in fighting games. However, there are some underdog boosts that are not part of tournament rule sets. And wouldn't you know it, at the first Smash World Champion tournament, or uh, Smash Ultimate, which was this past weekend. It right it was this past weekend, right? It feels like it's two yes. weekends ago, but maybe that's just my brain. Uh somebody left the underdog boost in Smash Ultimate on for most of Saturday or most of Friday and most of Sa- and most of Saturday until it was caught. Now, what this underdog boost does in Smash Ultimate is the more one side wins, the more of a handicap the other side gets so you can see how especially uh, it, like going into the main stage and playing this on stream you can see how this would kind of ruin a tournament when especially when one side has you know plot armor essentially uh well maybe not plot armor cuz they can still lose but you know makes w- Makes it harder to lose for one side, especially because of the arbitrary, like, who's sitting on which side. Like, it completely kind of, like, put this really, 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 really damp. uh, Like, it dampened the whole tournament. Like, awful. Uh, And it sucks that it happened. It's one of those things where who would have thought to check it, right? Like, I wouldn't have. Uh, And when they got caught, or not when they got caught. When they caught that this was a problem, they immediately changed it and went about their day. Uh, but it's, it's hard to not be upset at the situation. Steve Sharpie, what do you all think about this underdog boost shenanigans?
1: Well, just to clarify what it, what it does is if you are losing, you are, it reduces the amount of knockback you receive when you're hit. And it also increases the amount of knockback you do uh, when you deal a hit. So mm-hmm. this not only uh, impacts kills, but it also impacts combos because a lot of them work at very specific percentages with, with specific knockbacks. And a lot of people, you know, some some of the combos just won't work if that's on compared to when it's not. Um, it was confirmed to be on for several matches on Sunday during the early part of top 16. Uh, it was rumored to be on for Saturday. Um, there were some people who took to Twitter and complained, some participants complained that, uh, they were knocked back farther, but they couldn't quite put their finger on it at the time, um. But it was only the Sunday matches on the stream setup that were confirmed to have that on 100%. Uh, it's just a really unfortunate situation when it happens at any event. It's especially unfortunate when it happens at an event like this, where there is, you know, it's a, just on the ultimate side of things, it's seventy-five thousand dollars worth worth of pricing on the line. Yep. You. You want that to be contested under conditions that everybody's prepared for. And it absolutely, you know, your heart goes out to everyone who's who ended up on the losing side of that because of it. Um, And your heart goes out to the T.O.'s because they have to be feeling terrible Mm -hmm. for for finding this out and then really not having. There were no, once it was found out, there really weren't any good solutions that they could do.
0: Yeah, but also, like, I thought this was such a positive thing in the way of showcasing how ingenious the Smash community is. Because I saw a bunch of posts on Twitter of people talking about it, but nobody really proved it. And then I saw people starting to prove it, where, where they would go on trainers... Hit those combos and show, like, the trajectories and how they were different in the game. And they would, like, splice tournament footage over it. it. was super cool to see stuff like that where they're like, hey, this is 100% happening. Let's fix it. So big ups to the Smash community, man. And, like, that's, like, that's, like, one of those things where you can kind of see, like, the, the like, the positive out of a terrible situation. But maybe I'm just privileged to say that because I wasn't in the tournament. I'm sure I would feel very differently if I was a player. Uh, but... You know, big ups to that community, man. And this is, like, you know, one of those terrible situations, again, where, like, who would have thought to check it until it was way too late, right?
2: The tournament organizer who's responsible for running the set. True. Do you know the tournament organizer who was in charge of the production?
1: I don't. Um, What I do know is that the belie- what they believe happened is when they were going through checking the rules and making sure the right options were switched. They think someone actually accidentally flipped left or right as Mm -hmm. they were hitting down. Mm -hmm. So it was something that would be blink and you miss it.
2: No, I I totally understand that. Um, My thought processes, if this much money is on the line, similarly to the now infamous Sonic Fox chair swap option, I genuinely believe that when, this, when something like this comes into effect and affects, I would say, over 50% of the tournament, obviously a large section of Winterside, uh, the head tournament organizer of that event should deal a ruling. Um, it's very surprising to me that no one stepped up and was like, yo, here's what we're going to do moving forward type of thing, kind of like a recourse, and we're just kind of like, well, sucks for the players that it affected because we have no way of proving it. You know well, they, that type of stuff is kind of interesting to me, especially with like twenty thousand dollars on the line.
1: They actually do did have a rule in place for something mm. like this, and we can okay. actually pull it up. Uh, it is Rule Eight Point Eighteen from the Smash World Tour Finals Rule Set uh, regarding misinterpretation and misconfiguration. Quote. If a game was played under a misconfiguration of the game settings that could have materially affected the result of the game, a player may uh, petition the TO to have that game replayed. The final decision is at the discretion of the TO. This must be done immediately after the game in question. After the next game is started, the previous game shall not be replayed regardless of whether the rules were set correctly. Mm. Now, and that's, if, that's interesting.
2: From, there's a lot of onus. I apologize for interrupting you here, Steve. Okay, there's a lot of onus on the player to be checking this. Uh, it appears. Is that? Am I interpreting the rule correctly? Or do you either one of you have any? It it's sort of like how I'm interpreting that rule.
1: Do you remember a few years ago um, when I think it was NCR when they were doing top 16? Mm-hmm. And they did a few matches, and then Snake Eyes and Ricky Ortiz played, and Snake Eyes did a green hand, and he realized right. that it what or either he or Ricky realized that it wasn't the right thing, and they realized it was the wrong version. Yep. Yeah. That's sort of you know if, if something feels wrong, it it doesn't really hurt you to to say after like the first game or something, hey, something doesn't feel right. Can we go and check this? What they want to. You know, a rule like that is in place to avoid situations like, okay, if this happened to be in place on Saturday, which a lot of people assume it was, and it doesn't get noticed until Sunday, how in the world can you go back and replay all of the tournaments for, you know, up to that point in half a day, a day and a half of tournament games in half a day? You just can't do it. At some point, you do have to say referee decision is final, and you got to move on from there. So that's why a rule like this is in place.
2: Uh, I'm happy this rule is in place. Uh, I agree, obviously, with the wording of the rule. It's a little bit disappointing to me that nobody checked the rules on Saturday. You know, specifically for this setup, especially if it was stream setup, I would expect whoever was running that specific area, because usually, especially inside of the head stream area, there's one specific TO that's running it. And that's usually the most veteran racket runner that is running that area and making sure it's somewhat disappointing to me that nobody caught that on on Saturday. But um, I'm, I'm happy that obviously the ruling wasn't placed to kind of like cover the tournament. Almost, you know, uh, I just, it's hard because coming from running traditional fighting game tournaments, because I've also run smash tournaments and everything like that. It's hard specifically because I know how easy that is to like, just flip accidentally. And I also know very frequently people do not go back to the rules in between matches. They don't do that. Like if something feels off, they're just like, it's something up with the setup and I need to adjust And that's fantastic for the player, but it's really unfortunate, especially when things like this happen Uh, in the fighting game scene, just because of low iteration time, it's a lot easier to check the rule set immediately, but that's not something that's available immediately in Smash ultimately. So it becomes a lot more difficult to check the rules in the middle of a set. Um, It's just really unfortunate once again.
0: Yeah. However, I can guarantee you one thing, and I'm not a TO for these Smash tournaments, Every one of these Smash Ultimate tournaments in this circuit moving forward is going to be checking that role from now on, <laughs> like, at least well, three times.
1: <laughs> well, we don't know what the plans are for 2022. Because, mm-hmm. remember, there's the official Nintendo licen- Nintendo and Panda Smash circuit for next year. Mm-hmm. I it don't is know Nintendo what
2: sort- licensed. I feel like that's very important. It's not a partnership. It is a licensed franchise. I feel like that is very important to distinguish specifically um, due to the nature of the circuit. Yeah.
1: So thank you for clarifying that. So, but we don't know what the, you know, there might not be a 2022 uh, for Mm. that, for Mm. them. Yeah. That, that that just might not be in the cards. We don't know. Um, I do want to mention before we move on uh, in their statement on Twitter uh, regarding the, incident the smash world tour did say that five sets in total on top on sunday were impacted by the change Mm -hmm. and that they will be making contact with the affected players whether that means uh compensation of some sort or an apology is unclear we will be following up with that as uh, we move forward Mm
0: mm-hmm Good on them. They're trying their best to make it right after a terrible situation. So, uh, hats off to the TOs trying their best to uh, make the best out of a terrible uh, sitch. Now, you Pardon? know what's not a terrible sitch? It was the fact that over this weekend, we, had, we, were, we were eating good as members of the fighting Game community. We were eating good. We had two separate betas of two separate games that overlapped in all but one hour. Sorry, two hours total. Right? I think it was two hours total, like one hour in the beginning, yeah. one hour in the end. Yeah. Both DNF Duel and King of Fighters fifteen were having their open betas. And mm-hmm. This went on without, not without its issues, right? Because I remember watching uh, a bunch of people getting super excited for DNF on Friday when it released. Everybody was super hyped for it. They played a match. They were like, whoa, this game looks great. And then the servers died. <laughs> I saw everybody getting stuck in various parts of like the, uh, like the process to start a match. It was very funny to see like everybody kind of having similar reactions to it. In the sense of I watched uh, Kizzy K, Max, a friend of mine who also streams on Twitch, uh, Justin Wong, a bunch of other people were all in like the big like lobby after you create a lobby, just stuck yeah. and they couldn't move. Yeah. And I, 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 re- I specifically remember some quotes such as Kizzy K going, with somebody, please help me move. Help me. And Justin Wong going, is this it? Uh, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. We were just so in awe of the beauty of that
1: <laughs> ASW style lobby that we just we were just frozen by, by the, the, ma- the majesty of it all.
2: For the record, can we all actively agree that game is beautiful? Mm-hmm. Like that game is beautiful. gorgeous. I yes. am very excited for the full release of that game. Yeah. Um, I'm not excited in any way shape or form to see Grappler inside the finished game.
0: <laughs> I I saw you getting tagged when people found he had an infinite in the beta. Oh,
2: did you? Did you see that? Yes. Did you see me getting tagged during his announcement too? Oh, And then I, didn't I made see a that. whole video talking oh, I about see the video. Grappler?
0: I saw it, it's on TikTok. And then
2: after that, my fiance decided that I needed to be aware of the fact that Grappler had an infinite. <laughs> so while I'm in the middle of playing PSO2, he comes into my room and is like. A Sharpie. And I'm like, what? He's like, are you busy? I'm like, yeah, I'm in the middle of a time-sensitive raid. I can't be bothered right now. And he goes, okay, okay, okay. Just wanted to let you know, I'm playing DNF Arena right now, and uh, or DNF Duel, and I am uh, just want to let you know, Grappler has an infinite. I was like, what the f***? Sorry, Steve. And then he leaves the room as soon as I say that. <laughs> As soon as I say that, he looks at my face for the reaction and then he literally leaves the room like yeah I got what I wanted. And then and then literally 5 seconds later I get a tag on Twitter because he's uploaded the infinite combo he ran on someone.
1: <laughs> that's that's the best part of having a partner is just finding no something No part of dumb. that
2: is enjoyable. Well,
1: for you for, for us it's amazing, you know. Just so like the I don't know if you saw the trailer for uh, Phantom Breaker. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I bada showed boom, that to bing.
1: Ace Queen and then just, just let her roll with it. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, back to DNF Duel, um, it was, you know, I was surprised that there was so little info about the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you talked about the server issues on Friday night, which stunk because that was one of my only real chances to play. Yeah. um yeah. there was also the fact that the game wasn't listed on PSN on uh, the playstation store if you browse yeah. through ps4 or ps5 you had to mm-hmm. go to the website mm-hmm. download or click add to cart and then you could download, download it on it. your system which stunk mm-hmm. um there I when have it- you s- have you seen any sort of feedback forum? or survey that I, ha- I
2: received a survey? Um, I don't know if you all did. I actually got, and this may just be my verified privilege, but I actually got a survey emailed to me after the beta was closed. Did anyone else?
0: Well, let me check right now, shall I? See. Let me check my junk
1: my junk mail because I did not see.
0: Oh wait, I didn't take part. Never mind. I probably don't have one. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it-
2: I I publicized I publicized obviously that like my fiance was playing and everything. Mm-hmm. And usually when I do things like that, like because I had the check mark, other companies will be like, "Oh, she's doing this, this and this," so I'll get emails. Mm-hmm. But. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know how they knew that my account had it because I had been playing it on my PSN account. And he had also been playing it. I got a survey. He did not. Interesting. Um, I, he actually played more than me. So I, didn't get I, one I don't either. know what that was about. But he just ended up filling out my survey. Mm-hmm. Um, the big issue that I had with it was, was honestly really just some of the inconsistencies with the connection at certain points in time. That was really frustrating Uh, But it was a very fun game when the connection worked properly. Uh, I don't know if people were just getting mad when I was playing because I was playing Striker. Striker is so much fun. Oh, my God. Striker is fantastic. But uh, sometimes I would notice that, like, sometimes my connection would drop in the middle of a game and I would come back and, like, literally the person would be at, like, uh, three-fourths of their health and I would be sitting there at, like, a fourth when before I would have been at 50% or something, you know? It was weird. I would see jumps like that very frequently, and I don't know if it was due to the server overload or, or what. But overall, I had a really enjoyable time when I could actually play the game. Uh, like, that was that was it for me. I saw a lot of comments on Twitter with people making remarks about, oh, the inputs are too easy, so on and so forth. But you know, just the classic Elita stuff that you always see on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of first time fighting game players who I do follow. Um, and I was paying attention to, they seemed to very much so enjoy it. And they let me know that it was their very first fighting game outside of a platformer fighting game or League of Legends or like Apex or something, and they really enjoyed it. So uh, I, I think the new player experience with this game is very. Ex- it's going to be very exciting. I saw a couple of like DFO players also playing as well, um, their very first fighting game. They hadn't played like a fighting game competitively ever. They all seem to really enjoy it as well. I watched a couple of streamers. They were having a lot of fun when they could actually get in. A lot of the streamers I was watching were on Sunday just because the connection was a lot more stable then. But yeah, uh, it, overall, overall, I would have to give the beta a 7 out of 10 exclusively for latency issues uh, on day one release, which is obviously to be expected. But unfortunately, the immediate maintenance was then followed up by the lack of offline mode which meant that people could not actually train in any capacity while the servers were down. Um, I usually strike off two points from that. So yeah, I think a 7 out of 10 is warranted for this beta. Really, really good overall. Fantastic gameplay mechanics. Really fun when you actually got to play. But the original launch, I felt, was kind of bubbled a little bit. It,
1: it did feel weird that there was really no way for you in-game to figure out what you were doing. Yeah. Because you could play online... You didn't have any offline. You didn't have any training mode, which this beta presumably was all about testing the online and the connection. So I understand that, but I, you know, it's still for a lot of people, their first impression of the game and not having any way to look that up in game can be frustrating. I know they did post, uh, to their website and to Twitter moveless, um, but not everyone is going to know to look for that there. Um, Exactly. As for my internet uh, or my experience with it, uh, the connection, I can't really, I didn't get enough games to say definitively. Um, Most of the time, the connection did seem smooth. I did have one opponent where the lag was very significant at times or, or the, uh, the, uh, Issues were very significant at times, but I don't know if that was just a them issue or a game issue. Um, I played a little bit of I played a little bit of Kunoichi, a little bit of Striker. I played a lot of bit of Kunoichi. I really like Kunoichi. Uh, <laughs> you know, I I joked about it last week. You know, like oh, she has clones. There's like five of this girl on screen. Yeah, I definitely like her. She's really, really fun. Um, everyone's everyone's real. Everyone's got big fat buttons, big juicy hitboxes. boxes. Um, it 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 feels like this is this could be this could do some things. Um, it's obviously a very pretty game. Um, I don't, you know, the inputs are the simple inputs, the simplified inputs. You do have the option on some moves of doing, you know, like for dragon punches, you can either do down and the mana button or the SRK motion with it. But for the most part, it's just simple inputs, which some people feel is dumbing down I don't think this as big of an issue. I don't think every game needs to be, you know, not every game has to be for everybody. There should be some games that have simplified inputs. There should be some games that have traditional inputs, you know. But I do feel this game has the potential to be successful. I just hope that, you know, that if there is a second beta beforehand that they do some more things to improve in terms of making it closer to a demo because they are being compared, obviously having being out in the same weekend as KOF, which has, you know, some offline play. It has training. It has a whole bunch of options that let you Mm -hmm. dive deeper into the game. It's going to be tough if they don't do that. And this other game that they're probably competing with, Out the Gate, does. True.
0: Yeah. Uh, the Uh One thing to note, too, is, again, like, uh Sharpie, I think you had mentioned this. There was absolutely zero information about this game before this beta. Except for about, like, an hour or so before the beta, they started releasing all of the information. They... Showed a bunch of videos uh, showing off the basic moves, uh, some of the mechanics, like, uh, what's it called? Is it Awaken? The one where you, like, change your, uh, you exchange your gray health for mana? Yeah. Um, They showed a bunch of that off. They showed how the moves work. Uh, Something worthy of note, and this is from someone looking from the outside in. I did not, conversion, thank you, Blue. Uh, I did not physically get to play this game. I just watched a ton of it. Mm-hmm. I think what people are worried about when they see simplified or hear simplified inputs is restrictive gameplay, right? Like when we when we did the move from Street Fighter 4 to Street Fighter 5, because of the different mechanics, the game felt like you were playing Street Fighter on rails. Same thing with Guilty Gear Strive. That was the first impression. It's like, oh, you're, it's like you're fighting the game on rails because you don't have certain freedoms like you used to have in the older games. That, I think, is the big concern, and I think people are just really bad at voicing that. However, with all this said, I think DNF Duel might be the first game that I saw that has... I shouldn't say that. It might be the first Arxis game that I saw that has the quote-unquote simplified inputs, but also gives you a crazy amount of freedom to do whatever you want, right? Like, with the conversion, which is basically like a cancel at some point. Uh, the crazy combos I saw people post on Twitter looked awesome, and it looked super fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, from my understanding, the way the game works is you have, uh, it's a six-button game, right? You have, like, a punch, uh, a, or, like, a light-medium, and then you have, like, a special button, and then a magic special button, and then a block button, and a dash button, I think. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong on that. Again, I only saw it from the outside, in. Throw Throw, thank you. Uh, And... Seeing, like, all of the cool mechanics that they had... Like, I saw a lot of, like, the dodge rolling. Like, they basically had KOF rolls in the game. They had... uh, And the magic specials are the ones that you can do with motion inputs. And if you use the motion inputs, you you recover mana faster. uh, As opposed to if you just click, uh, like, a direction in the magic special button. So... There is, like, that reward for going above and beyond and using the motion inputs and such. Uh, but seeing, like, how people were being super creative and creating, like, all this, these cool combos and these cool mix-ups and, like, getting out of pressure and finding all these cool things is, I think, something that as soon as people hear simplified inputs, that's what they fear is missing. But this game isn't. And I was going to say this is the first game I've seen that has simplified inputs but has this freedom, but I'm wrong because Power Rangers Battle for the Grid is essentially very similar where it does have the simplified inputs with a special button, but you can do whatever you want in that game. It's crazy.
2: Also Dragon Ball Fighters.
0: Dragon Ball Fighters as well, yeah. But yeah, um, any further thoughts on DNF Duel? Is there anything we missed? Did either of you get a chance
1: to play KOF at all?
2: I wanted to cause Dolores really was bringing me in. She was like calling my name all weekend. Yeah. yeah. Well, Y'all she... know how I felt about Dolores. I just I wanted to touch her in the game.
1: <laughs> she wasn't in the controls.
2: second beta. Ah, she wasn't? Okay, well. No, yeah. she was Then just I guess in the I didn't first. miss anything. <laughs> I messed
1: a little bit with Terry, but most of my most of the time I did have I did try and put into Dnf because you know mm-hmm. I'm still learning about that game. So, yeah, uh, we did have a question of the day. Oh, about we did, DM, we, we did. Uh, we asked it. You know, now that people have had a chance to play it, what did they? You know, were they thinking of of picking it up? How likely were they to pick it up? Mm-hmm. Uh, over six. 63% of respondents said that they will either probably pick it up or absolutely will pick it up. Mm. 22% said they probably won't, and 13% said they absolutely won't. Um, uh, Shogo on Twitter did say that they didn't feel the gameplay is for them. The combos were meta put off, to pull off. Excuse me. Uh, they didn't... They didn't have that feeling of achievement doing them, but maybe in the future they'll buy it to play with friends.
2: Um, Can I but, jump in here real quick?
1: Absolutely.
2: I I love this comment because a lot of this is what I saw from veteran players. To be very honest with you, a lot of people I I don't know show go to. I assume that they are very familiar with other fighting games. Um. But this was very much so how a lot of people that I spoke with, who had played fighting games before in the past, uh, felt regarding DNF. A lot of the positive input that I saw was from newer players. So the fact that they're bringing up, I'll probably play it to, I'll probably buy it to play with my friends. A lot of new players in fighting games love this series. They love it a lot. Um, so I think that them saying, you know, I didn't necessarily get the same sense I would of doing some of these advanced combos makes sense considering it's an early beta and that we don't, first of all, have all the characters inside of the game yet. We don't have a full, like, we can't train, so we can't even see all the stuff that's in there. And just having to play through learning is, is there's a there's a really high skill level for being able to do that, and only certain players are able to do that frequently with, like, enough, you know, you, you, you get what I'm trying to say? Um, so I understand that completely. I think that this is what we can expect from a lot of people who are more used to competing in traditional fighting games. I think it's worth noting that a lot of first timers that I did here absolutely enjoyed it. And I'm, I'm interested to see what other feedback we got from our audience.
1: Well, that was the only response on Twitter.
0: Well. <laughs> I was waiting for Steve to say it because I didn't want to say
2: it. <laughs> I thought there was a good, I thought there was a good, I thought that was a good segue into a possible secondary response. It was. <laughs> but. It, it was. was. Uh, There's just one to enough. No
0: secondary response. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that's, that's an interesting take and here's why. Uh, mm-hmm. From seeing people play it on stream, it did look like a lot of those buttons were like super meaty and felt super good to land right like mm-hmm. i think that's why we saw a lot of people playing what's the not the, the religious guy religious guy that looked like he was out of diablo uh not inquisitor Gunner?
2: the guy that played like dante it
0: was the guy that had the Agonos wall crusader thank you
2: oh those nasty crusaders i'm gonna be real with you everybody with the exception of grappler i felt was fair Whenever I whenever I saw someone come into my lobby and I saw that you know how over their head you can see what character they pick mm-hmm. whenever I saw someone with a grappler sit next to me I was like well I'm done with the game for now I'll be back in 15 minutes
1: <laughs>
2: uh... <laughs> I had fun playing against everybody else grappler was the only character especially after the very first person posted that infinite and everybody mm-hmm. took the time to go ahead and practice it I was like no nah, I'm good I'm Gucci I'm, I'm curious to
0: know how hard that infinite is to do.
2: It's not difficult at all. Okay. If you are if you are familiar with traditional fighting game inputs and you have practiced, I would say like at a minimum of a 15 hit combo before with a minimum of like eight inputs inside of it, you can do that combo. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so terrifying about it.
0: Is it anything like the Gen Infinite in Omega mode for Street Fighter 4? Anybody remember that?
2: I never played Ultra Street Fighter 4.
0: Dang. I just remember that Gen Infinite where you could just hit you could just mash uh low kick. And you would just go crazy. It would basically just hit him over and over again. It was great. Uh definitely not intended. However, um no, it was super cool to see I, I know all of the characters looked like they felt different, and again, this is from someone who didn't get to play the game, unfortunately. But all of the games look like, or all of the characters looked like they felt different. Like uh, you know, we had Crusader who looked like he basically played like a mixture of like Leo and Aganos because he had the giant wall. Uh, Striker who looked almost too close to looking like Jam uh, from Guilty Gear. Uh, we had what Hitman and Gunslinger who. Uh, you know, went around shooting stuff and had a lot of really cool zoning options. Uh, and something worthy of note, too, is I went to their website, the DNO website, and I saw these mm-hmm. characters playing in the actual game. And I think we got to shout out how awesome it is that Arxis, I think, basically, like, v- remained very faithful to the source material when they made these characters into the game. Because they look... They look like they do what they're doing in the isometric game. And I, it was weird because I would never think that something like that would translate to a finding game, but they did it. And it looks amazing.
2: Yeah. And, you know, it's really smart for companies, especially game developers, to do that with mm-hmm. it because it gives you really, really good PR with the fan base. It, it performs really, really well. And obviously, you see a bunch of positive feedback. You know, a fantastic example of that is something else that we saw outside of the community this past week. As a matter of fact, we saw it yesterday, didn't we, Elon?
0: Wait, I'm not picking up what you're putting down now. Sorry. Oh, was this... a we moving You didn't see the
2: amazing PR move that was done with one of the oh, largest okay. fighting games of all time. That was one of the best segues I've ever done in my entire life Elon. It was okay. It was okay.
0: Steve really? said it, not me. Steve really? said it, not me.
2: Just because I didn't do any wordplay, Elon gets away with 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 a with a Tom and Jerry reference not even an underdog reference earlier well, which was one of the best well, Hanna-Barbera bar- cartoons ever and literally well, literally i you know what i don't get well, no here's respect the respect on this podcast it, it's about
1: it expectations it's about expectations cuz you are like you're like where you, are we going on with on this on a scale of 1 to 10 you're usually at a 9 so, when you hit a seven, it's noticeable. Flow.
2: I'm learning Elon, how to ebb and flow.
1: Elon tried to tell us that Tom and Jerry was a Looney Tune. So, you know where we're going. You know the ceiling is not nine for Elon. I love you. You're my boy. The, your your Segway ceiling is not a nine. So... Look, he's trying his best. Here's the thing. We're trying I,
0: if best. there's one thing I've learned in my thirty years of life, it is this. Keep the expectations low. Mm-hmm.
1: That's where you That's messed a up perfect Sharpie. example of that. You gave my us favorite. too much gold. You gave us too much gold. Speaking, and now we're expecting speaking it all of the time. getting
2: amazingly good golden news, Elon, what did we hear that's a, from yeah, that's the a horse's nine. mouth earlier yesterday afternoon?
0: So, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit offended that they decided to do this on SageM's podcast and not ours. Granted, they didn't have any reason to do it on ours, but I still felt offended. Now, From
2: what I hear, it wasn't a question. They kind of forced their way onto SageM's podcast. That's They're even are letting funnier. me on the podcast. We have something to announce. <laughs>
0: that's even funnier.
2: And SageM's like, well, I'm not going to say no. <laughs> All
0: right. So, we saw that, unfortunately... Rick Hado, very good friend of the show. For those of you that don't know, uh I Rick is the reason why we we have this how it is right now. Um with the topics in the bottom with the ticker. Like he him and I had a conversation that wound up inspiring this form of the layout. So he is someone who is very wise and uh has excellent uh has has excellent uh insight into into a lot of things and he was the uh the esports director for Twitch I believe that was his title I could be wrong about that uh
2: fighting game coordinator specifically game for coordinator. Twitch Rivals
0: Fighting game coordinator for Twitch Rivals
1: We were all wrong His official title was project manager at Twitch Esports However so you- so he, was, he, he did that. He, he did a lot of work with Twitch Rivals. He was also involved with a lot of circuits that were sponsored by Twitch, mm-hmm. including Tekken World Tour especially. He played mm-hmm. a big part in that. Uh, he played a big role in a lot of other events uh, under the Twitch banner. But mm-hmm. he did... Yeah, Basically,
2: uh, one of the things he was doing was like, I know a lot of people are familiar with Mike Ross and his involvement with Twitch. Mike Ross was then replaced by Zeep and then effectively Rick replaced a number of Zeep's functions specifically inside of the fighting game Mm -hmm. community on behalf of Twitch. Uh, So we don't have an official title right now uh, regarding exactly what he was doing, but that should give Mm -hmm. our listeners and viewers a good idea of what Rick was responsible for while he he, was at Twitch.
0: Yeah, he was essentially kind of like an FGC liaison, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. he, he was kind of our advocate for a long time for Twitch. However, yeah. he announced that he would. First of all, he announced this on his birthday. So, happy belated birthday, Lord Rick. Give you, give you a, little, a little clappity clap. Uh, happy birthday. So, he announced on his birthday that he was leaving Twitch and he was excited about this new opportunity. Did we know what this opportunity was? No. He said he was going to announce it on Sage Jam's podcast at noon yesterday. So we get the Sage Jam's podcast. He hops on. Everything's great. All of a sudden, we got Tom Cannon in the building. And he's in there talking. And then they drop the big bombshell. And that is that Rick the Hado Thire is the new general manager of EVO. it's unreal it so for a long time it felt like Evo and the FGC were always at like uh, in like a hostile relationship with each other in the sense that it felt like Evo had this grasp on the FGC as far as like influence of which games were going to be big and which games weren't. And this is seemingly I say. I'm not saying this was exactly matter of fact. And it felt like a lot of the decisions that were made at the time were, seemed to be a little bit out of touch with uh, a lot of the, uh, with like how diverse the fighting game community was becoming and with a lot of like games getting snubbed uh, and people having to essentially like work from the ground up to uh, to get their game seen. With having Rick as the GM. Someone who constantly pays attention to, you know, the little guy. And the little girl. And the little, uh, everything in between, sorry. Uh, I feel like that relationship is going to be very different moving forward. And I mean that in a good way. What do you all think?
2: Fee, you want you to, like take to take this, this one first?
1: first? Go ahead. <laughs> I, I took it first last time.
2: Okay. Uh, I personally was very excited when I saw and heard the news. Um, I was watching the stream live and I was incredibly excited. First of all, when I saw Tom Cannon, I had no clue what was about to happen. I was so confused. I was, I was, I was like, is Rick doing something with Project L? Is this Evo related? Does this have to do with Riot? I had no clue what was going on. Um, and then he announced, obviously, that he was going to be the new general manager. And when Tom co-signed, that was when I was like, oh, my God, this is so exciting. So there were a lot of questions and concerns that I had that were all obviously alleviated within the interview that Sagem conducted. And I want to applaud Sagem on this interview because it did answer a lot of questions that I myself had. And I know if I had these questions, I know other members inside of the community had these same questions. The first question was whether or not combo breaker would continue to exist inside of perpetuity. The thought process was, yes, it's something that Rick has been doing on the side in his own time outside of anything with Twitch. And so it will be continuing uh, functioning on as his own entity and he will continue doing it while also fostering and working on bolstering, uh, the the community aspect of Evo, which I'm very, very excited to see be done. Um, there were a couple of concerns that I had specifically regarding uh, some of the previous staffing with Evo, especially after last year. And I, I mean, that's no secret. I'm sure a majority of people had it. Uh, some amazing points that were brought up by Tom Cannon were that Evo was brought up in mind with the community. And while the, the event was growing, there were things that they tried that didn't always work, but they always tried to bring it back as close as they could to that community aspect. And ultimately, they got a lot of offers to give Evo to other people and other other entities. And they felt as though Rick would be the best person to make sure that Evo continued to move towards bettering the fighting game community while under RTS. And I think that statement made me feel 100% secure and 100 percent trusting of the of the reins being passed over to rick so ultimately any thoughts that i had or any negative emotions i had towards um you know evo were kind of dissuaded when i heard more regarding like obviously tom cannon speaking about like we love evo and I am so happy I don't have to like balance this and do all these other things that I'm responsible for anymore. It's it's really nice because I personally know that Rick is one of those people that's responsible for not only my visibility and my, my, my Skullgirls community's visibility inside the FGC, but a majority of other people, Elon, you said yourself, he's responsible for assisting regarding the show layout. He's responsible for assisting regarding, like, just some back-end business things that we do here at Best of V Show. Rick is a very community-oriented person, and everything he has ever done always reflects that. I want to just take a moment to shout out um, his spouse and partner, Mm -hmm. Kat, who has been with him 100% every single step of the way, and I know is also responsible for a large aspect of success with Combo Breaker. So while I am very happy for Rick, ultimately I'm very, very happy for Kat because what this means is that she's also able to do things with Combo Breaker with more um, responsibility. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it, I'm, just, I'm really happy for their family overall and I'm really happy for Rick being able to do this now full-time, being able to put 100% of his efforts into exclusively the betterment of the fighting game community instead of having to worry about a larger entity and and their success. He's now able to think of the community first, which he's always been known for doing, but you can't always have that freedom when you're focusing on a streaming site. You know, the views come before the community in a certain aspect. So uh, that's always really exciting to see. Uh, a couple of points that I did want to bring up. Rick spoke very briefly regarding, you know, He's a little bit scared of failing. And I just want to take this moment to just say that I don't believe that anything that Rick does will cause him to fail. I think it will only be a learning moment. And I'm very, very excited to see what opportunities Rick is going to be providing for the community, specifically under the RTS slash Sony banneker now at EVO.
0: Yeah, I think it's always... I've always said this and I've always believed this and I don't think it's ever I've ever been wrong about it. I couldn't be. But the fact that he's afraid of doing wrong kind of shows us that his heart is in the right place. Mm-hmm. And everybody makes mistakes. So I think... I think just him coming out and being vulnerable, vulnerable enough to share that lets us know that he... His head is in the right place. He has the community in mind. And I cannot wait to see all the crazy fun stuff that he's going to make with uh, with this new position. Steve.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I had one more it. thing I want to say before we pass it over to Steve. Uh, Rick, I know you listen to the podcast. I just want to say, uh, hire me to host the Fighting Game Awards at Evo. And if you don't hire me, check Twitter because I am making a list and getting it signed by a multitude of people inside the fighting game community that want to see it happen. So let me host the fighting game awards or an award show at EVO. I'd be more than happy to. I'll
0: be the Segway guy.
2: (laughs) No, he won't. It'll be me.
0: (laughs) Yes, and Sharpie. Yes, and.
1: (laughs) Okay. So, yes, you can be the Segway guy and Sharpie can be the segway supervisor mhm mhm
0: mhm where where
1: he does the segue to, to the segway where...
2: supervisor
0: <laughs> all right steve give us your thoughts so,
1: so um i am lucky enough to consider rick a personal friend so from steve to you congratulations on that keep that in mind for the rest of my speech because I'm going to try and be unbiased here um, you talked about Rick not having to worry about having to please higher ups in you know in his twitch endeavor ultimately I don't know how much freedom he's gonna I mean obviously he's going to be the big face in front of Evo but it is still Sony and RTS that are providing the funds. And he said himself, he's going to be the top guy aside from the people providing the money. So this is not going to be 100% his call. Um, So there may be situations like Nintendo not willing to play ball for letting smash in or something along those lines, or Sony saying, Hey, this game has to be part of it. This game can't be part of it. So that's something to keep in mind going forward. Um, what I what I'm very interested in is whenever Rick has talked about Combo Breaker, he has always made it clear that he did not want it to be Evo. He mm-hmm. wanted it to fill a separate role. Evo has one set of priorities. Combo Breaker is something different. CEO is something different. NCR they all do something different. Now we're going to see to some degree, at least his take on Evo. That is something I'm very interested in seeing because he does have, you know, you you look at the track record of combo breaker and, 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 and you look at who else could have filled that role because they did need someone to be that chief, and preferably someone with a connection to the FGC. In terms of tournament organization in and of itself, him and Javali are really the only two people who run, who have run FGC events somewhere close to the scale of EVO. Now, granted, there's still an order of magnitude difference between those events, but That's still, you know, that's still significant in terms of connections with developers and publishers. He has a lot of those uh, working with everyone under Evo. He's worked with. He's worked with uh, uh, Markman, who is still going to be involved in Evo as well. So on paper, it is the perfect pickup for them. I'm just curious to see how much if this is going to truly be Rick's calls going forward. How much and how much does he have to play ball so to speak? How much how much leash are they going to give him if, mm-hmm. when it comes to something like selecting which games make 2022 which oh my goodness I hope 2022 happens. I really hope 2022 happens.
2: Yeah, same.
1: Um, but I'm personally excited uh to think that we went from wizard to rick. I said it on Twitter. We win that we won that trade free. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely like like and we get the player to be named later shh, shh, sign me up. That we fleeced him. We fleeced him.
0: Yeah. Uh, I immediately thought of like a couple of incidents in years past with Evo of the past GM not being very welcoming to a couple of people or to certain people and some of those concerns uh, after being brought up, being met with a bunch of other people saying, oh, that's just how he is.
2: I want to clarify that the person you're speaking of was not the general manager. They were the president.
0: Oh, yes. Correct. Correct. Sorry about that. Thank you for the clarification. Um and immediately after that announcement thinking of those incidents and then thinking of Rick and all of the like the lack of all of that, like the lack of any like interaction that's been like unwelcoming or anything. I think I've talked about this before. I went to Combo Breaker for the first time in 2016, I believe, 2017, sorry, and there was a, there was a system that needed to be connected to the internet, because that's how PlayStation 4s work, uh, so that we could play Guilty Gear Rev 2 on it. And I went to the, the help desk, and I said, hey, we need some help. And Rick was the person behind the desk, and he goes, Yeah, let's go get that fixed up. And he went over there, got it fixed up, and it was great. And I I was so nervous about going up to that desk in the first place. I don't know why. Just because, like, you know, didn't want to bother anybody with, like, something like this. But to think of, like, the head of the tournament just being like, Yeah, let's go get that fixed up. It's great. Uh, And then he got it fixed up, and then I got to play uh, Exert Rev 2. And it was super fun. So... I feel like just at face value, like I feel like this is, I think the best decision they could have done to have this person at the position. Uh, like Steve said, though, I am very curious to see how this will affect things or how he'll be able to affect things. Uh, but being it that is being that it is Rick, uh, I'm excited for all of the potential opportunity that is there for uh, the. Quote unquote, let's say, golden age of Evo coming up. If
2: can can I go ahead and chime in on one thing before we move to the very next topic? I I just, I'd like to hear very briefly everyone's very quick thoughts on this. One of the things that Rick did bring up inside of the interview was that he is excited to help Evo move uh, to the future, Mm -hmm. you know, essentially grow. um, And he's trying to understand exactly what Evo means and represents. And like Steve brought up, Uh, Evo and Combo Breaker represent very different things inside of the fighting game community, right? So I know a lot of questions that people have right now is where does Evo go from here, right? And Rick, inside of the interview, even stated himself he's not entirely certain because he still has to kind of dissect where Evo came from and where Evo should go, you know? So I kind of wanted to answer what I think Evo is Mm. and what I think the future of Evo should be. And I'd be interested in hearing both of your thoughts regarding that if that would be okay. I'd also be really interested to hear what our viewers and listeners think. Uh, Go ahead and tag us on Twitter, hashtag best of V show, and just let us know, where do you think EVO will be moving in the future? I personally think that EVO represents the entirety of the fighting game community, or I wanna say the most popular aspects of the fighting game community for the year, kind of like a best of listing of some of the communities that have been working the hardest obviously, and uh, I've been the most prevalent, right? It's it's kind of like our opportunity to showcase what the fighting game community for the entire year has has done, right? Um, one of the things I disliked about previous Evos was that it did use monetary opportunities to pick communities together, which resulted in hindering the growth of several different communities and also resulted as infighting. Uh, I do not see that happening in the future, if EVO wants to continue being in the forefront of the fighting game community. Something I would love to see EVO moving towards, especially since there's a really, really large casual audience of people who exclusively tune into EVO to get all of their fighting game knowledge for the year. I would love to see more focus being brought towards catering to a more casual audience, specifically at EVO. I would love to see more panels. I would love to see more... um, more expos underneath evo i would absolutely love to see something that allowed not only player talent to be showcased and not only commentary talent to be showcased but also creator talent to be showcased i would love to see something like that i have obviously already stated that i would love to see an award show that kind of celebrates the best of the fighting game community at evo i think that would be a fantastic place for it to be um and i would just love to see something that brought. EVO back to being a compilation of the best of the entirety of the community. I do understand that Combo Breaker currently fields a certain void for a large aspect inside the community, specifically niche games that don't t- typically get representation at other locations. I feel like EVO would be a great place to showcase and celebrate the entirety of the fighting game community, not just the niche games that are have a very dedicated community, if that makes sense. Um, Steve, I'm interested in hearing what your thoughts are.
1: Well, you, you mentioned panels. To be fair, Evo did broadcast. Uh, they did host, they have hosted panels several years. They did stream uh, the panels that they did in 2019, which was obviously the last year that they had an offline event. Um, where I'm sort of leaning, the one thing I would like to see with Evo is a bit more because Evo is seen as sort of almost in the same vein as the Olympics where it might not be every game's biggest you know it might not be every game's biggest event in terms of prestige for the event because obviously you've got like Tekken World Tour, you've got Capcom Cup, you've got Art Revo but this tends to be the biggest tentpole event for bringing eyes into the scene. So I'd like to see a little more um, in terms of getting more games out there. I don't know if that necessarily means running 15 tournaments. I don't know what exactly that looks like, but if there's a way to somehow say, hey, this is our eight-game lineup, but there are these other communities too, let's show off some of the things they're doing. I would love to see that.
2: Hmm. elon how about you
0: oh i thought you didn't want to hear my opinion great now i get to talk no i'm kidding uh also i'm totally joking um yeah steve i think you and i were in the same wavelength there as far as thoughts on what evo is because you also mentioned like it's like the olympics mm-hmm. where it's it's not like the finals for every circuit but it's definitely like one of the like, like I'm gonna use your words, and I'm sorry that I'm just saying what you said. Uh, like a tent pole for like a specific, like even in years past, like it was, I can specifically think for Capcom Cup, for example. Like they would have Evo be its own like super major event for like a uh, a certain amount of worth in the league that's higher than every other major. Um, but I, I've only been to Evo twice uh and I think the first year I went, which was in twenty sixteen uh I got to have a little bit of the taste and this was the last year that it was at the hotel that's Mandelaide. all the way far south the I can't remember the name of the hotel sorry uh it was the one where you had to like if you were in uh, like staying on the strip, you had to get the 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 monorail all the way down to the end of the strip where it was like the last stop uh i cannot remember the name of the hotel but anyway uh i got to see some of the panels and i didn't even know panels existed at, at evo right like i just showed up and i saw oh whoa there's a panel they're they're showing bang that machine like that that shouldn't even exist it burned down uh but uh like and seeing like that side of it i think was super cool cuz it was it was like a celebration of what the fighting game community is, not necessarily fighting Mm -hmm. games, right? Because the tournament is the fighting games aspect, and that's very important as well. However, Westgate, thank you. Thank you, Q-Ball. The Westgate. Uh, However, uh, I think they tried to keep that in similar veins in 2017 when I went, and this was the first year that they did it entirely at the Mandalay Bay. Uh, But... They had like the artist alley, which was like slightly empty. Uh, although I did get to see like a lot of some uh, a lot of indie developers showing off some of the stuff they were working on. I specifically remember seeing, and I wound up never seeing this game again, and it's kind of sad. So I hope somebody can tell me what game this is. But it was a fighting game where you had a cup of coffee, and the whole goal was to beat up the other person without spilling your coffee, and it was awesome. And I never saw it again. Uh, oh. Uh, but like seeing stuff like that again like giving it the or like having that opportunity to see like what's like what some of the developers are working on seeing like some of the panels I believe that was the year that they had the combo queens panel which was awesome yeah. uh, like ha- being a part of the community right are you talking about oh, coffins is that what it's called coffins yeah oh my God. Me, I'm gonna go look this me... up after the show and buy it I'm putting
1: Ultimately, the link Elon... the steam like the okay.
2: chat
0: Oh man! I'm Ultimately,
2: it. Elon, it sounds as though you're also with me in the instance of it would be really awesome if Evo operated more as an expo with a tournament underlying it, mm-hmm. as opposed to just exclusively being a tournament, um, because it it almost feels as though the event is almost too large to just be a fighting game tournament. Now, right? You can obviously still have the tournament layout and everything, but I think the big issue that Tom. Uh, did speak about inside of the interview is that in trying to cater to that and upping the production value, Mm -hmm. they lost some of that tournament format and some of that feel for the tournament, you know, which is ultimately what kind of hurt EVO. But I feel as though to its benefit, it now has a very large uh, audience outside of exclusively the fighting game community and more inside of the competitive gaming sphere Mm -hmm. as, as what the fighting game community is. So I think if they were to basically lean into that and kind of showcase more expo and more convention aspect and kind of like almost become the E3 of fighting games where it's like, this is where you're gonna find all the new announcements for fighting games for the year. Mm-hmm. This is where you're going to see all of the cool brand new things that people have been working on all year inside of the community. This is where you go to see that, kind of that production route, that would be really cool. That would be really fun. And once again, I could absolutely host that, Rick. I could, I could host the shit out of it. Sorry, future Steve. Hire me. Sharpie at sharpiepls.com. Rick, you know how to reach me.
0: I'll be the Segway guy. Uh, but to <laughs> to, add, to add to that, uh, you know, I think this was, this was a big concern and I think this was brought up on Best of Five like way back in the day with Efren and Mike and everybody where going to a tournament was fun but competing while like it was the reason everybody was there having mm-hmm. stuff to do outside of competing made that tournament feel more special
2: mm-hmm. right
0: like for example let's bring up combo breaker having that arcade room open 24 7 so you could play uh casuals with everybody until like like until you're blue in the face and it's like six thirty in the morning you have pools in two hours okay. uh like uh having like having stuff to do at a tournament, especially because, again, something that I think we tend to forget about when we talk about fighting games competitively is we see a lot of the top players all the time. On mm-hmm. streams, we talked about them here. Uh, they talk about them at Ultrachan. We see them in locals, et cetera, et cetera. But when you go to a tournament you kind of realize that the fighting game community is way bigger than the top players that we constantly see, yeah. right? Like, there is a whole, like, a quarter of the tournament, every tournament, every game goes 0-2. So having something to do after you go 0-2 is extremely important for someone who well, has gone 0-2. Not a quarter,
2: but 50%. 50% of a tournament
0: goes 0-2. Is it 50% of the tournament?
1: Yeah. No, it's twenty five percent zero and two. Is yeah, fifty percent loses oh, right, their first match. Oh there's losers. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, right, twenty five right? zero and two, twenty five percent goes one and two.
0: Yeah. Right. So while the competition is good, it ge- it gives us all a reason to come together.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But maximizing the the stuff that we can do while we are together, I think, is what kind of makes the FGC special and having and yeah. those tournaments that do have those opportunities to bring people together to get us all in the same room make friends uh like i i still will never forget the first time i went to nlbc uh pag virgo after he beat my ass in the game was like hey let me introduce you to some people right like people like him and they're uh, he's not the only person in the fighting game community that does this like that just welcomes people it's like oh you're new sorry i just beat you in the game Come meet these people. Let's have some fun. Yeah. Right? Like, that's what makes this community good. And that's, I think, like, what draws a lot of people to the fighting game communities. Like, once people realize that it's... The tournaments are important, sure. Competing is important. But once you get down below that layer, you have, like, this amazingly welcoming community. Granted, it has its faults, just like every other community. And there are a lot of things that we do need to work on uh, to make it even more welcoming and more inclusive for everybody. I think having that actual community aspect is something that I've always seen Rick focusing on Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: bringing that kind of energy to EVO where that has felt like it was kind of lacking, I think is going to be super important moving forward.
2: To close the segment, uh, Blue inside of the chat has typed, I think the biggest thing EVO needs to do is make casual players become less about the, quote, the fighting game E3, end quote, just looking for trailers and more to make it for someone people can attach you the same way like Combo Breaker did this year with Look Alive. Mm -hmm. And case in point, that's fantastic. I, I hella agree with that. I know I focused a lot on the E3 metaphor, but I think that Blue summed it up properly just like you did as well, Elon. The focus should be on the community aspect of the fighting game community specifically at... Evo, and I think that's a fantastic way of bringing it up. Uh, case in point: speaking of new trailers.
0: Well, let me ask. Let me put it this way: we are in a new time slot. It is currently nine thirty-four Central.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Can we go through these trailers real quick, or should we save them for next time?
1: I think, I we should think
2: go... saving them for next time would be smart. Oh, sorry, Steve.
1: Uh, there's one that we should play. Well, we had there's there's a few new characters that got announced uh, we got i forget i forget the exact black name. dahlia i so,
2: wasn't here for the release so let's play that trailer right. again <laughs> i
0: yeah. forgot you weren't here for black dahlia that's right uh yeah, I was, she looks I was, cool, though. I was
2: a little bit under the weather yeah can you Dead give us like I a 30 second
0: okay i'll play that trailer but charpy can you give us like a five second take on black dahlia are you excited
2: yeah, I'm super excited. Uh, I wasn't heavily like interested in her as a character, to be very candid and honest with you. Um, but after watching the trailer and hearing her voice line, I'm 100% excited for Black Dahlia, and I'm really excited to add her onto my team when she drops.
0: Awesome. With that said,
1: so there's there's three that I put in our chat. The the. Beta. Gotcha. Right now,
2: Sharpie's vamping. Okay, while here we Elon go. Elon gets the stuff ready. Now. If you haven't followed, you should hit that button now. Best of V Show, God. where you get your podcasts. Check He's waiting out. for you
1: now.
0: Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Also, just a reminder for those of you watching on the Twitch channel, uh, if you have Amazon Prime, you can use your Prime sub on us, and you better because you're gonna forget, and that's just wasted money at that point. So, go ahead and give us that free sub, thanks. Now, uh, a big concern with Dragon Ball Fighters is how many Gokus there are, but now there's a new concern, and it's how many Android 21's there are. Peggy 12.
2: Bless up. Give me more Android twenty ones. Give me Pink Mommy yes queen you, about- yes oh uh. <laughs> <sighs> oh it's just lab coat one <laughs> just Uh-oh.
0: called her lab coat <laughs>
2: uh, What?
0: also uh so- that trailer wins the shortest fighting game trailer of all time for 20 seconds for the we thought
2: geos. it was so- possible black dahlia was 17.
0: oh i didn't know that
1: we thought this was done we thought you know they got the third season finished and then it's over. So this was a huge surprise to me. Seeing that, you know, is this does this mean a fourth season? Does this mean oh, we've got one more character, let's throw her out? What does the future hold for for Dragon Ball Fighters? Find out next
0: time. On best of fives, here comes the next trailer. Hajimari <laughs> Hajimari. <laughs> i got to tell you, this, this character already makes me slightly uncomfortable.
2: Very uncomfortable. She, her, moveset, her moveset does look nice. Um, I have concerns Stop it. Stop about it. introducing a character like that. Uh, I apologize. This is going to be spoilers. If you are interested in the storyline of Melty Blood, uh, please skip the next one minute. All right? I'm giving you time now.
0: For those of you watching, we'll give you a thumbs up when to a mute.
2: Uh, So this character is a vampire. The whole idea, I believe, is that she was an adult who was reincarnated into a young girl's body. Um, And so that person is like 100 years old or something like that. My concern is that I saw a less than acceptable thread talking about how the community of Mel blood is consistent of people who have their uh, sexual preferences towards individuals that are younger. And it made me very uncomfortable um, to be very candid with you. After I discovered this character and saw this character, it did not make me feel comfortable playing the game anymore. I have been playing Melty Blood. I have been playing it pretty frequently the last couple of months. Um, and I'm not interested in playing the game any longer. That's that's just the truth, unfortunately. It, it's really unfortunate because I'm... I'm a Skullgirls player and I've seen my share of people making comments regarding characters that appear to be underage. This made me uncomfortable enough that I am not in any way, shape or form okay associating with the game, even if the mechanics are very good, which they are. This It's so frustrating because this game is mechanically so amazing and so incredibly open. And one of the very first games since Skullgirls, besides guilty gear strive that i've actually been interested in competing in and playing offline and this character no longer makes me want to do it and for people who want to call me soft or whatever that's fine you can do that just understand that when you get to be a certain age and when you get to when you start to represent something inside of a community you have to be mindful of the type of games and the type of energy that you're bringing when you represent these games i'm not comfortable representing a game that has a character like that specifically inside of it it's just genuinely very unfortunate no shade to anyone who continues playing it that game is no longer for me
0: yeah i don't disagree with you also don't apologize for advocating for yourself and not feeling comfortable i apologize
2: because i know there are people who are going to disagree with me Mm -hmm. and i want them to understand that that's okay if they disagree with me that's okay if they want to call me this this or that that for saying whatever but i feel as though i need to explain why i am no longer comfortable playing this game mm, specifically very because of this character that's just that's just how it is there are a lot of games that i will still play and that should there are a lot of things that i will do inside of this inside of different games and there are a lot of things that i am comfortable with but i am not comfortable playing a game that has a character specifically like that wearing something like that that is specifically like this character is based off of an underage girl and then there are people in the community who are going out of their way to sexualize that girl i'm not yeah. comfortable participating in something like that
0: nor is that okay i think uh but i agree with you 100 that that's a little rough however let's not dwell on it too long because we have one more trailer before we have to go we're already 10 minutes over Granted, there's yeah. no Ultra-chan after tonight, so we can really go until midnight. No, we can't. I'm kidding. Here we go. You're Trailer time. You're stuck with time. us forever! <laughs> Trailer time. This,
1: tra- this dropped while... just after we went on the air. So... Oh! So this is breaking. He's back. Maxima! Ooh! Look at those
2: sideburns! Oh, wait. Am I Oh, no. No, not
0: King of Dinosaurs. Don't beat him up. Oh,
2: because
0: I remember a big point of King of Fighter 14's uh, initial, like initial beginnings, were the fact that it didn't look great. But I think they kind of took that criticism and ran with it because this game looks beautiful. I'm still it sad looks- I haven't played it though.
2: Uh, yeah. Watching him a little bit more makes me understand the character is. This looks like a mix of like, you know, one of those armored kind of grapply characters, you know, like the big body kind of armored type. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Not rush down, but just you know what I mean. The big heavy normals. Yep. That's that's him. Uh I I wanna say Broly, I wanna say Android 16, I wanna say a lot chat's like, nah, 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 that's just Broly. See, y'all say it's just Broly, but I I play in a game where Big Ban exists. So it's like I've seen this archetype, and that's the type of architect my fiancé plays. I recognize that archetype, and I'm going to have to block him knowing that I'm going to get grabbed anyway. (laughs)
0: Look, uh, letting people know what you hate on social media (laughs) always comes back to bite you.
2: (laughs) I just I don't know why they keep doing this to me. I specifically think everyone's like, "Yo, Sharpie's about to live react to this. Let's put the archetype she hates the most." Speaking of which, I played Keats's game, the game that Iron Galaxy came out with, the platforming game. Really good. It's Rhymoverse actually really is so good. good. It's really really good. I played I I played literally only one game before the playtest ended two weeks ago. I had a fantastic time. I forget what the game is called. I'm, I'm I'm losing my mind right now because I literally don't remember. Rumble but versus. it was like, it wasn't a platformer. It was like a battle royale. Um, What was this game called? This game called... Versus. Oh, yeah, it was R- like Rumbleverse. That's what it's Rumble called. Verse. Rumbleverse. Rumbleverse. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, very, very, very fun. But every single character in the game performs like that archetype. And I had fun playing it and it pisses me off a lot. Look... I'm disappointed to say I grabbed a lot. Yeah, so, so ultimately, when I saw that character, my first thought was, oh, he looks good. It brought back memories of me playing <laughs> Rumbleverse, and I don't like it. <laughs> I'm not, you, I'm mad, because he's did weren't... the thing where he's making me like grapplers, and I don't like that. And nobody clipped this and show this to Keats, because then he'll just tag me and be like, I won, Sharpie. I knew I would win. I knew I would <laughs> win, and I don't want him to know he won.
0: So you weren't here last week, but... I am still going through withdrawals of not being able to play Rumbleverse.
2: It's a good game. Ew. It feels so clean. I know we don't have a trailer for it, but honestly, I almost feel like when yeah. the when the open beta does come back out, I, I feel like we should review it because it does feel like it's heavily based off fighting game mechanics, even though it's not a fighting game specifically.
0: Yeah, yeah we talked about it uh, last week. Uh, and if you're curious about Rumbleverse, uh, Esteban... The best of on has a first look video out on hold back to block on YouTube that is so good at just showing you what the game is. Uh, and that game's amazing. I hate that we have to wait until February to play it, I really do. That's
2: the way it goes. Leave them wanting
0: more, they say, get out of here. Speaking of getting out of here, it's time for us to get out of here. Now, that was a good segue. Uh,
2: no, it wasn't. It no, was great. it wasn't, Elon. And I refuse to let you think it was good. No, not when Steve called me out on my segue earlier. No, that was not a good segue. It was an okay segue, and you can do better.
0: I don't believe you. Again, expectations low. All right. Uh, that's been another episode of Best of Five.
2: <laughs>
0: Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, this is my last episode of the year. So I do apologize. I will be traveling next week. Uh, but. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, happy New Year's, I'll catch you all on the other side at hopefully a better year for everybody, who knows though, Uh, but for myself, I've been Elon, this is Steve, the main squeeze, ace king, offsuit jerk, keeper of schedules, and master of recaps, and the grappler hatin' content creatin', the purple sharpie. All right, say your things.
2: Every real podcast has a sign-off phrase. Good night, Canada.